Good day, fellas. Welcome back to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. I am your host of the show. Um, as always, guys, head on over to Uncensored Advice for Men. Ask the questions that you have. There's a form on there where you can ask questions. You could do it anonymously, or you can say, these are the things that I'm going through right now. And my job is to reach out to uh, my network of influencers, authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, mentors of men, people whose life's mission it is to uh, serve others. And I'll ask them the questions that you guys have so that way um, we could get the conversation started. On today's show, we have uh, Vernon Brown, who's going to come in and share a really unique perspective on some topics that I know you guys are dealing with right now. So, Vernon, welcome to the show. Josh, thank you for having me. And uh, you know, I really want to piggyback on what you said. Ask the questions. Guys do not ask questions enough. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, how you serve men? So, so I'm Vernon Brown, as you said, happiness coach um, and also executive business coach. Um, a lot of people look at me and say, what in the actual heck is a happiness coach, right? Even when we first connected, Josh. Um, it's about recognizing that um, and I'm an architect. I'm not an archaeologist. Talking about what's wrong is not going to change, does not change what we need to do. Um, and from a perspective of happiness is understanding that happiness is energy. That's why, you know, happiness, I don't want people to think it's Pollyanna-ish, but it's about energy. The more energy you have, the more energy this organism, you know, um, generates, because that's what it does, it generates it, the, the easier life gets. It creates more options, opportunities, possibilities, and solutions. Um, you know, I've worked with uh, businesses, you know, oftentimes the, the, the epicenter of the business is the business owner's thinking. And the more energy they have and the way you can challenge a business owner, how they think and perceive the business grows, but also making sure that you get to spend time with your family. Men, we're like, I gotta be honest here. We want to work. We want to take care of our families, but we don't end up spending time with our families because we're working. Like, no, that's not the narrative. We got to break that narrative. You know, um, I'm a dad. I love being a dad, um, especially now working from home. Right. But you know, uh, I think, man, a big part of my mission is to make sure you can capture that family time, more you time, because what's the point of being successful if you're going to be, you know, alone, isolated, you know, in this yacht that you, that you, you know, you built, you, that you generated by all your, your success, right? Yeah. Family. So, Vernon, you know, uh, I think we, we make some, some assumptions sometimes about, like, you know, let's let's work hard to to build for our family, right? And, mm -hmm. and sometimes the assumption in our head is this is what they need most, right? They need money, security. They want they want yachts, they want houses. In your experiences, and I know that you've worked with you know entrepreneurs like launching their their businesses and doubling, you know, doubling to into the seven figure range. Like, mm -hmm. like what do you, what have you found in terms of what does what do families truly want from their the, the man who's out there hustling? You know, it, it's a little different for everybody, but if I, if I could tease it out, they want him to be more present. Um, and that's one big thing that I've noticed. I work with, you know, entrepreneurs is, you know, we're always kind of thinking constantly, you know, thinking of innovating, thinking of the new ideas. But, you know, you could be at the birthday party, you could be at the celebration, but they can tell that you're not being present. Being present is something that, you know, the, the children struggle with because they can, they can tell that, you know, daddy's not there. You know, like I'll be playing with my son and he can tell when I'm just moving the Legos versus like, you know, really getting into the Legos making sound. And then you'll see um, spouses just, you know, a little bothered when they're watching a movie together and they're just not really there. But being present is something I think um, that, that I see most often. Wow. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I, I could be sitting with my kids or with my spouse, with my wife, 
and she could tell if I'm if I'm there, if I'm present, or if I'm thinking about okay, the business model, how you know, how does this generate revenue? How do I scale it? She could tell if I'm there or not. But man, being an entrepreneur, like I don't have to wake up and go, hey, I'm going to try to be an entrepreneur. Sometimes I have to wake up and go, man, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good dad. Exactly. Um, what advice do you have for guys like us who? love work, man. It's our mission. It's our calling. It's who we are. We're in our, we're in our zone. And you know, that that's, that's like the, um, it's almost a golden handcuffs, you know, and I don't mean in a negative way, but almost in a positive way. It's, you know, we love it. We, we, we just, we thrive off of it. Um, for me, it's just, you know, now challenge everyone to do this is if you really want to be passionately in love with it, take a break, you know, set a cutoff time. It's difficult. Don't get me wrong, but at five 30, I stop. I don't take anything else because I know when I come back to the table um, in the morning, because I get up before 30, when, when I get up, I'm going to be fresh and, you know, smart, capable people. What happens? We love it. We love it. So we go hard, 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 hard. And then what happens? We get burnt out. You get frustrated. More problems start coming up, coming up than solutions. I've done that so many times and seen so many entrepreneurs do that over the years. I just learned that, like, you got to have a boundary there. You have to. So boundaries are healthy from what i'm hearing now you wake up at 4 30 in the morning you're a badass right you're you're running you're you're driving like have you always been like this or is this something that you're kind of learning to be and grow into well it's um you know and thank you for saying that it was it, it, it's it's practice hey how does this work you know entrepreneurs sometimes get caught up in thinking that you know and this isn't all but the rigidity of a schedule like you can do whatever you want with your schedule at 4 30 my son's not awake if I, if, I, if I put him in bed at the right time, I can sit there and me and my lady, she's asleep. I just get that zone time. I get two and a half hours where I can just become focused. I can stretch. I go to the gym. I can just get that me time. That recharges me. I don't start off the day necessarily working. I start off the day getting me time um, because me time means that it's going to be more success time in my business. Mm, that's, that's good. That's come now, to you. What, what's that? I said, that's when ideas come to you. It's not when you're working necessarily. It's when you're not working. Like, oh. Where do you, okay. So with me, this, this might be weird. Maybe too much information, but okay. I get a lot of my ideas either if I'm taking a long walk or if I'm in the shower. Yep. Bill Gates said the so, same thing about taking a long walk. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a remarkable thing. I'm big on study and success. But I remember the, um, the story that Albert Einstein was a horrible fisherman. Did you ever hear that? So Albert Einstein, and by the way, if you hear screaming in the back, it's my kid. He's okay. I promise he's just being silly. But, um, <laughs> and I don't know if this is a fable, but it really struck me. But they said, but as the story goes, uh, Albert Einstein would go with a bamboo rod and just a string and a hook and just go fish at a pond. Just, just sit out there. And people will walk by and look at him and think he's like such a bizarre dude. And he kept doing this and kept doing this and kept doing this. And somebody walked up to him one day and said, why are you fishing with no bait? Look, that's not even a reel, it's a, it's a pole. And he sat back and he looked at the person and he said, um, well, it's an interesting thing. When you don't have bait, the fish don't bother you and neither do people. And then oh, what man. he did is the first filament was made out of bamboo. And that struck me immediately because it let me know that when you're just kind of vibing, you're just kind of doing something that could be mundane, that's when the magic happens. And so ever since then, it just, it just made me more driven to have that kind of private time. And so I just kind of practiced and found my way through it. Yeah, that's my, uh, cause here's the thing is we all have been kind of forced to work from home. 
at some you know form or another. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I could be here on a podcast show, and this happened yesterday. We did four interviews yesterday, and then one oh. of the shows, my three-year-old son, they know when the door shut, you know, daddy's daddy's working. If the door is open, you, you know that's. But you tell that to a three-year-old, he's just thinking he wants his juice, right? So he came in, <laughs> and you know, like. It, it, it's so amazing, even in that, you know, like having time alone, because even if I'm working, I'm not alone. I'm with other people. I'm helping coaches. I'm helping the guys yeah. that I'm serving. Um, my family still needs me. And it's just always, you know, giving, 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 giving. But uh, going for walks, taking a shower or fishing in the pond without bait, it, it sounds like that's a good time to take, take some me time. Um, yes. What what other uh, what do you see happening now? You and I have talked a little bit about self sabotage. Yeah. In, in the past, you know, um, what 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 are your views on that? Like, I won't I won't even like set you up for that. Like, j- let's just talk self sabotage. You know, for, in my practice, um, I'm very careful with language like that. Self sabotage. I, I might use that word just because it's recognizable. Um, because what and I say this to kind of give you an understanding why I don't. Um, smart people, my clients are always thinking like, huh, why am I not being successful this place? And then they start researching. And then the more you research, you start trying to diagnose. Once you diagnose, you say, this is what's wrong with me. This is what's wrong with me. This is what's wrong with me. For me, it's what do we do to break that habit? And so that's why I'm careful with language like that because people, um, back to the beginning where we're talking about, people can become their struggle. When you start identifying as self, I'm a self-sabotaging myself, you just said, I am. Those I ams will keep you in place. So for me, it's kind of freeing people up is how can I make this, how can I be more successful? How can I um, develop a different strategy? If you know that every single time you promise you can have these big goals and you go out and you're not doing them, for me, that's an energy thing or it's an understanding thing. Hmm. So we become our struggles, mm-hmm. right? What, what's, the, what's the difference between, be, what, what's the opposite of becoming our struggles? Being a human being, just being. Just being. Just being. I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. Walk me through how to just be. Well, it, it's to appreciate, you know, the, the ups and downs that happen. Um, it, it's recognizing that you're going to figure it out and reminding yourself of it. Um, and when you do like that, it, it frees you up to stop looking like, oh, my gosh, I hope I don't do this again. I hope, you know, I'm not, you know, going to oversleep. I hope I'm not going to overcommit. I hope I'm not. When you start doing all these things, it just, it, again, it starts robbing that brain of it. It's what it's supposed to do, which is supposed to think. It's supposed to innovate. When you start to kind of, I wouldn't say negatively ruminating, but when you start ruminating on certain things, it takes you away from being, being present, being a human being, being a, um, a great father, being a great, you know, parent. So I guess, you know, I, I, I think of it this way, like I used to go mountain biking and on a trail and you'd be riding your bike and you're going really fast and the trees are going past you. And if you're going fast and you're hauling ass, right? If you've got to look at the dirt in front of you and where the, the trail is heading in front, yeah. if at any time you look at a tree, you're hitting that tree. Yep. You, you tend to aim where you focus. Um, but a lot of times, you know, in business, you know, like being a founder, being, you know, starting up a, a business or working with other entrepreneurs or investors, like you get into this where you're, you're going and then a struggle happens, a pain happens, something happens and it, it seems it's so painful that that's all you could focus on. For like sure. I was even looking that up this morning and I invested 20 minutes researching one of the struggles I'm going through in, in business. How do you, 
how do you work through something like that? Or had, what, what advice do you have for guys there? You know, it's a world-class question. It's, it's awareness. Noticing it is great. That's one of the first steps in awareness. You need to notice it. Um, for me, it's looking at how can I work around that? You know, what are some, and I'm not the first person who had this problem. How do they solve that? And you, I will reach out to people because I'm all about creating shortcuts. Um, it's just smart, capable people tend to stand still in the chaos. And when you recognize, when I recognize that, and I let my clients know things like this, it, it, it really kind of frees them up so they can start taking the steps. Because I'm always looking at, you know, to, to some degree, this isn't always, whenever we have these distractions or struggles, it's a sign that we're about to level up. Mm. So the, the struggle is a, is a good sign because it means that I'm leveling up or getting ready to level up. In most cases, um, and I was just having this conversation with a couple of clients last week, uh, this week, this Friday, um, <clears throat> was trying to figure out, you know, why all these problems, why all these things kept coming up. It could be good things, don't get me wrong, but in his case, all of a sudden he's married and his ex-girlfriend hits him up and said that she loves him so much and she wants to get back with him. And he's like, where is this coming from? It came all out of the woodwork, all his problems at his house, because he let his wife, you know, he's, you know, he's an honest guy. And he felt like the world was falling apart. I'm like, no, this is what looks. This is what success looks like. You're about to level up. There's something coming your way that's trying to distract you. It's like recognize it's a distraction. And because generally when you decide that I'm going to do something different with my life, the universe says, oh, no, you don't really want it. It will try to distract you. So for me, whenever I see those distractions, those, those things that kind of nag at me, I'm like, what is really going on? What, is this a sign that whatever I'm working on is working? Because once you get on the other side of that, uh, things tend to... Um, really um a good take off for you seen it time and time again in myself um you know i even share this you know when this uh this whole what i call this the reset happened a lot of people were like oh my god this is the most terrible thing and for me i'm like no this isn't real i was like this is a distraction it's trying to distract me and that's when my business really took off i had the best month i've ever had in the six years and thousands of clients the best month ever Ever. And it's been putting me in this, up, this upward trajectory because I looked at it as like, this is a distraction. What am I, what aren't you paying attention to? And people weren't paying attention. I was not, this isn't a brag. This isn't an impress you. It's just to impress upon you. Oftentimes they're distractions. You've got to focus. Mm. So, I mean, there's so many things that, that you, you just said right there. Something came that literally could have been devastating to your business, right? Because you're, mm -hmm. you're a coach, you're a consultant, and you make money to help other people, right? So if right. other people, it, you could look at it one way. If I'm going to lose clients, oh my God, I'm going to have to cut my fees. I'm going to have to, you know, maybe do things I don't want to have to do or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you looked at it as an opportunity. I guess what, what, would, what advice do you have for us guys to do something similar, right? As we're facing a struggle. Yeah, this is our opportunity to level up, but sometimes, man, we need to put food on the table. Oh, absolutely. How do we keep that? Well, you know, I, I got to take this, you know, on a more personal level and really use myself yet again. It's when I had a, a in my business, it, it was three years ago and I was, things were going great and things just stopped. Things, I mean, came to a screeching halt. I'm like, what is going on? My son was sick. Um, I couldn't figure out why he was sick. He started developing respiratory issues. I was home a lot more than what I should have been because, and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. And, you know, I was beating my head against the wall and it's hard to have a family and then not feel like that you're moving in a, you know, a, a forward trajectory. Right. And for me, it was recognizing what can I do different? Like the pain is going to be there. It's going to be, what can I do? And I just really sat back and I just started thinking and I didn't think about what's wrong. I thought about what gap was being created here. 
and I recognize that, you know, there's got to be something that I can, um, I can tweak. And that's when I started becoming a speaker. Excuse me, that's four years ago when I started becoming a speaker. For me, it's like what opportunity is being created. I just looked at what I had and what can I do with it? And that's when I kind of innovated some things there. It wasn't recreating the wheels, just recognizing what more can I give with what I'm doing. But, you know, let's, you know, keep shit real. Sometimes we got to get out there and get another job. Sometimes you got to get out there and create another income source. Sometimes you got to get out there and maybe just, just get shit done. Yeah. Cause at the base of it, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm a very demanding person. Very demanding. I'm not mean, but I want what I want when I want it. You know what I mean? And when I said I want something, you know, there's a certain price you got to pay for it sometimes. And that's, um, but we got to get shit done sometimes. It sucks. Yeah. It's not always now, talk, talk to us about this. You just said, I want what I want. I'm a demand person. I want what I want when I want it, and I'm mm-hmm. going to go get it. Like, talk us through that kind, of, that kind of mindset, because I think there's some power there of being able to listen from you or learn or take something from that. How did you develop that and why? So the way that I grew up, it was, you know, to tell you a little bit about me, because, you know, the, the kind of bulletproof mindset that I have, it came from years of struggling, um, being homeless, being spit on, um, seeing some horrible things happen to my mom and, you know, things that should never, ever happen to a woman. I hope you pick up on what I'm putting down. Same thing happened to my sister. And I, I, I played small because, you know, I grew up in such just it, it was tough, but it was about 18, 19 years old. And I got tired of being picked on. I got tired of being life's you know, joke. And I was just like, I mean, again, it be real. I just said, fuck it. I mean, I was just like, fuck it. You know, I don't want to be here anymore. And <clears throat> I just, I gave up. I won't say I gave up, but I lost the hope. But uh, once I got through that, it took me about nine months. I, I recognized if you want something, you got to get it. You know, a lot of times you see, um, <sighs> it really clicked for me once I kind of came out of it was, when you recognize what you're amazing at, regardless, and play on that first, you recognize things are going to go the way you want, especially if you keep at it. And once I kept doing it over and over again, that muscle got stronger and stronger. And yeah. before I would kind of ask, no, go for it. Now, you were, you were talking, all right, homeless, you saw some things happen to your mom and your sister that no woman should ever have to go through, nor no son should ever have to see. Yeah. Um, you went through, you were tired of being picked on you were 18 years old took about nine months and then you said you took a deep breath you went but then yeah what was that turning point right because that right there what you just there was there was an event right tell us there, what if you're able to of what course. was the event that was that turning point dude you know this oh i'm glad you said that um there was this guy and i never forget it because i'm big on there's no such thing as coincidence and he came up to me, he's very honest and which, you know, I appreciate. And he said, you, you say you're struggling right now because what happened with your mom? And I said, yes. And then he looked around, he said, where's your mom? And when he said that, I was like, I'm making excuses. It really opened me up. And that's when he said that I'm like, I became my struggle. And that's when I became, came up with that phrase. You're like, you, we, we must, and I'm reminding clients, um, clients and audiences, we must not become our struggle because it, it's slow and insidious. You won't even see it sometimes. And once I recognize that I became a struggle, I recognize that I recognize that I can do something differently. But it took mm-hmm. practice. I'm not going to say, hey, all of a sudden I walked out and grabbed the world by the horns. No, I started doing little things. I started telling people what I wanted. Hey, could you do me a favor? Hey, this is what I want. Once you start telling people what you want and you go after it with passion, 
it has to come to you. Come here. You walk up to a yeah. girl, like, no, just come here. <laughs> uh, I don't mean it like that, but I'm just, it was like my career. It's, you know, people laughed at me. It's like, oh, who wants to be um, a happiness coach? What's your happy? That's stupid. I could care less what you think. If I want it, I'm going to get it. And it's not because I'm spoiled. It's because I'm going to put the work in. It's a universal law. What you put in, you must get back. A lot of times you hear that and you give and you get. Well, it's the same thing when you put your energy out there. If you really work hard every single day, if you really work, excuse me, work smart every day, there's a lot of hard workers out there. I don't believe in working hard. I believe in working smart. If you're working smart, taking the rest that you need, recharging, you know, spending your time with smart, successful people like yourself, and you just constantly stay in that kind of innovative, creative, and be in open mode, you will succeed. I don't care who you are. No man or woman is greater than his or her environment, right? We know this. You lie down with dogs, yeah. you get fleas. You lie down with successful dogs, you get successful fleas. Work smart. Yeah, I like successful, please. Um, you you mentioned while while you were going through this, you said, "I know what I want. I know when I want it, and I want it, and I'm going to go get it." Mm-hmm. When you were in the struggle, when you were becoming the struggle, mm-hmm. did you know what you wanted? No. And that's, um, again, smart, capable people stand still in the chaos. I was standing still because I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where to put my effort and energy. If the energy's low and you don't know where to put it, you're going to hold on to it and stand still. This thing is always trying to write and rewrite itself. And if they can't figure out what to do with that energy that's going to move it forward, what's going to make it happy, it's going to hold on to it. You're going to stay still. Stuck is another way of saying it. Hmm. So you said, okay, I want. Now, a lot of guys don't know what they want. Right. Sometimes myself of, included. How do you how do you develop what you want? How do you know what you want? How do you figure out what you want? Um, the, my reaction to that is something I do every single week. I check in with myself um, sometimes two or three times a week, actually. And I check in to say, is this really interesting to me? Is this fun? Do I see this as a challenge? Is this a puzzle for me? Or is this really just something I'm just doing just because I think I should do it? No, especially early on, I ask that question. And then, you know, a big understanding, I'll never forget this quote, was, most people do what's expected of them versus what they want. And once you sit down and really figure out what lights Josh up and what lights, you know, Eddie up and what really intrigues you in spite of what other people might think or perceive, it becomes a superpower because nothing stops someone who's driven. Mm-hmm. But so it's being calm, being still and checking in. A lot of times people don't say, hey, am I really having fun here? And if you are, have stay, have fun. If you're not, get the hell out of there. Your kids Man, are watching. I like it. Well, oh, your kids are watching. What, what, does it, what does it matter? It's because your children learn who they are, um, especially early on. They, they see a piece of themselves in you. And if you're just doing things, they're going to just, confidence is practiced and learned. If they're watching you like, wow, dad's really confident because they see that I can check in with myself. That's okay. I'm living, I don't believe in just delivering a message. I, you you got to be the message. I don't wear a crown on my head. I don't think I'm perfect. You got to be the message. And my kids are watching, my son is watching me. He watches so many things that I do. And I use that as a reminder to kind of anchor me to let me know you need to check in so he doesn't go out here and want to make a billion dollars and be all alone and miserable. He's like, hey, and I let people know, I just want him to be happy because he sees me being happy. Daddy worked 12 hours a day, but he was having a good time. Daddy worked two hours a day and he was having a good time. Hmm. The kids are watching, man. Like when you said that, that's when I went, 
Ooh, I just did a self-check. As you said that, I, nothing forced me to do this. Just my brain went to the three kids in the other room and going, what are they seeing daddy do? You know, like it with work, right? Because yeah. work, we spend more time in our work than we do with our family, with our friends, with, you know, yes. with anybody else. Um, now we've got, we've got about five minutes left, but like, yeah. man, could you please share something there? It's like inspire some of the guys out there. Like give us some, give us some hope for a guy who's just been in the grind working, waiting for retirement. So then he could live his life. You know, I think it's, it's kind of says a lot. You just, I think the quote is, you know, often most people die at the age of 25 and get buried when they're 65. And that quote stuck out to me. And it just let me know that life is what you're going to make of it. Stay learning, stay around smart, successful people, exercise, eat, um, exercise, eat, don't, um, don't deny yourself certain luxuries in life, but it, this is, this life is all of what you put into it. And I'm not even trying to speak in hyperbole, but it really is what you put into it. You know, you can't sit back and you let these, you know, I'm not trying to be political here, but certain prejudices, you know, keep you down. Let certain beliefs that you have keep you down because they're not real. Some of them are, don't get me wrong, but there's more to it. You know, there's nothing that beats the truth like experience. And when I say that is sometimes we come up with these truths in life that really aren't accurate at all. But when you started going out there with the more intention to experience different things, it breaks that truth. It's brand new now. Now you start off with a different belief system, a different way of being. So for me, it's who in your, who challenges you, who lights you up, be around people like that, be around people that, you know, really keep you forgetting about the problems. Um, man what what a challenge that is man as you were just like sharing that like now i i i i'm in the uh fun role in the fun seat where i get to reach out and talk with hundreds of different coaches i've done 500 interviews over the years and and uh i i love doing this and maybe i should (laughs) keep on working on my craft and getting better and knock out some of these zones but one of the things that like what I love is when I interview a guest and I get deeply challenged by what they say, because I'm, my job is to represent the audience. My job yeah. is to represent the guys out there who are going, this is what I'm going through. And then I'm a microphone to them, not a microphone to the coach. I'm a microphone to the, my audience. And man, I appreciate the challenge that you shared with us today. Uh, Vernon, if a guy's in the audience and he's struggling and he needs some help, refocusing he needs some help keeping his eyes on what he wants yeah figuring out what the hell it is he wants where could guys go to connect with you and ask for help dude um the best place well it's a few different place, places um on my website it's what's your happy and it's happy with an i.com so it's h-a-p-p-i um email is going to definitely be the fastest and it's vernon v-e-r-n-o-n at again it's what's your happy.com and it's happy with an i those are gonna be the two fastest ways to get to me i'm also on linkedin and on Facebook. I'm there too. I'm pretty active, but um, definitely the website and my email are going to be right to my um, artery. Awesome. Awesome. Dudes listening into this podcast. Thanks for listening in. As always, yeah, reach out cool. to our guests. Yeah. Reach out to our guests. Say thanks, Vernon. Thanks for coming on the show. And hey, here's how I could use some of your help, right? Reach out to our guests. Say thank you. And hey, here's how you can help me. Um, let's figure out ways to grow and learn as men. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for listening in. We're, uh, we're heading on over to the uh, live Q&A afterwards. So guys, listen in this podcast. If that's something that you're interested in, is connecting with our coaches and having some open dialogue after the shows, uh, send us a message. Go over to Uncensored Advice for Men.
fill out the form, and we'll get you started there. All right, Vernon, thanks for coming on the show. Guys, talk Appreciate to you, you all here. on the next episode. Absolutely. See you, brother. Peace.